heights to the depths of the sea. I think that's interesting, don't you? And just to, to think this woman was wealthy herself, and she comes and she bestows upon Solomon all of this, all of this blessing upon him. Not that he needed it. But this was something they did in the Orient. Uh, it was a common thing for them to do. When, when there was a wise king, people would travel around and to hear the, the wise king. All exclaiming, Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The great prosperity, splendor, and wisdom of Solomon's kingdom were internationally famous. The Queen of Sheba traveled in a manner of queens with a large royal procession heavily laden with gifts and goods for trade. This queen was obviously familiar with the world of royal splendor and luxury, yet she was completely overwhelmed by the wisdom of Solomon and the glory of his kingdom. Both Solomon's wealth and wisdom served him well, but it was also becoming a barrier between him and the Lord. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. See, that's as a child of God, we need to remember that. And it's very easy to look around. You know, we, we always do. We're like sheep, we, we, we look, we're in our pasture, and we have this tendency to look over in another pasture and see what other people are doing and how, how their lives are. And, and, and we get a little bit jealous, and then we secretly in our heart, we don't even know it, but we try to attain what they have, and then we realize why there's no peace and why the peace goes. And we, we don't realize why we get into trouble, because God hasn't designed us for that. Be content with such things as we have, isn't that? For godliness with contentment is great gain. And so when I begin to lust for other things, I better be really careful because if I strive and I s- to get that thing, whatever it is, it's going to be like gravel in my mouth and I'm soon going to be in bad shape. And I've seen that in my own life and I'm sure at, most of us have at some point. And it doesn't even have to be money necessarily, it could be anything, but we learn, don't we? But notice a good attitude to have toward wealth as we get into this. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 30, this is a, a good attitude to have. And this is the one that I, I, I have right now, I believe, because I, I, re, I really believe this. It, it, life is simple when you're not exorbitantly rich, and I certainly am not. Notice what it says in Proverbs in verse 7. And we don't know uh, who this is. Uh, the author is Agur. We don't know. Some say that that might be a, a, a name for Solomon. We don't really know. But he says two things. And he's speaking to the Lord, Two things have I required of you. Deny me not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies, and give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or, lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Psalm 37 says this, A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked 
Psalm 37, verse 16. And it's true, isn't it? You know, when you have more money, you have more toys. And the more toys you have, the more you have to upkeep those toys and pay insurance on those toys. And then, you know, and it's just, it's, it's over. It's just too much. But here in chapter 10, at this halfway point, Solomon's riding high and enjoying the good life. So notice, let's read the first 13 verses together. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And so Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food at his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was literally no more spirit left in her. And then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and, and, uh, and prosperity exceeded the fame of which I heard. So happy are the men and happy are these, your servants, who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. And then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And also the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought great quantities of almug wood and precious stones from Ophir. And the king made steps of the almug wood for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also harps and stringed instruments for singers. There never again came such almug wood, nor was the, the like been seen to this day. Now King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, besides what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity. And so she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. I think that's interesting, don't you? And just to, to think this woman was wealthy herself, and she comes and she bestows upon Solomon all of this all of this blessing upon him not that he needed it but this was something they did in the orient uh, it was a common thing for them to do when when there was a wise king people would travel around and to hear the the wise king and certainly solomon god told him i'm going to make you the wisest man there'll be nobody before you that's been as wise and nobody after you obviously except for jesus himself but here is this man and god has exalted him greatly of, of all the world Because he didn't ask for the money, remember that. He asked for wisdom, and God gave him that wisdom. And he also gave him what he didn't ask for. But notice back in verse 1, the queen of Sheba. This Sheba literally means seven. Uh, Sheba uh, means seven, or it means an oath. And this, this nation was actually, if you were to look at the Arabian Peninsula, uh, right to the... Um, 
the south and, and south um, southwest of, of of Israel, where today we would call it Yemen. Yemen is is the the country. We believe that that is the place where this queen was uh, presiding over this place of Sheba. And notice she came because of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. Notice it was the name of the Lord that made Solomon famous. As long as, you know, everything that Solomon was given was given to him by the Lord, and we would do well to remember that, right? But as long as Solomon proclaimed the name of the Lord and walked in God's ways, God would honor him. But without the Lord, Solomon was really nothing. He was really nothing. And you know, even Jesus, remember, he said this to his disciples in Matthew 10, beginning in verse 32. He said this, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And so as long as Solomon was proclaiming the, 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 the riches of God and his glory and keeping his eyes on him, God was fine to prosper the man. And again, I think there's something there. There's nothing wrong with having great, a great anything. Maybe God has given you a great gift, a great skill, a, a great ability, and maybe you're doing really well with it. Rejoice in the Lord and give him the glory and never touch it. <laughs> never touch it. And give it all you've got because if God has given you a gift or an ability, use it and make sure that you give him the glory. And give to him. And give it all you've got. Seriously. If you've got a gift, if you've got something that God has given you, an aptitude for a certain thing, go at it with all pistons firing. Seriously. Go after it with all you've got and then glorify him in it and give him praise for it. Because the Lord is a sustainer. But notice she came to him, testing him with hard questions. These are riddles. She would offer riddles or have proverbs or dark sayings, and, and Solomon would interpret those things. And, and notice, you know, she came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels and spices and gold and precious stones, and she traveled approximately 1,200 miles there from the, uh, the southern tip of the tip of Arabia and right along, because uh, the, the Red Sea, sea would be here, and here is the Sinai Peninsula. Actually, if you're looking at me this way, uh, here's the Red Sea, here's the Sinai Peninsula and the Gulf of Aqaba here, and she would travel down there at, at, the, at the southern tip of Arabia, and she would travel 1,200 miles right along the coast. There was a, they call it the Spice Route. It was a road for, for, for commerce and trade, and she would travel that road 1,200 miles to see Solomon with all of these uh, servants who obviously were there for protection from raiders and, and things of that nature, but a very wealthy woman bringing a lot of wealth to Solomon. And Solomon answered all of her questions. And, and, and it says that when the queen of Sheba, verse 4, had seen all the wisdom of Solomon and she's seen the house that he built, the food at his table, all the servants, the way he approached everything, his ascent, I mean, she was just, there was no more spirit left in her. Literally, she was left breathless. She hadn't been told half of what was the reality of who Solomon was. And she was just blown away. She was blown away. 
And she said to the king, it was true <laughs> what I heard. However, you know, half of it I didn't know until I came and saw it for myself. But happy, verse 8, are your men and your servants that stand before you and hear your wisdom. And bless the Lord your God. Blessed be Jehovah. That's what the word she used. Bless Jehovah, your God, who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because you loved, because the Lord loved, has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and, and, and righteousness. Now, on this verse, I would write a couple of things, some verses down. Because as she is saying this in verse 9, you can look at four different passages of Scripture in the Old Testament, and she is basically confirming these Scriptures in some shape or form. And the first one is in Psalm 2. You'll, you'll see that as you, if you read verse 9 again in context and then read all of Psalm 2, you'll see what I mean. Also, Psalm 110, you will see that as well. And certainly the one that we know very well, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. And Isaiah chapter 11 the first five verses, Psalm 2, Psalm 110, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, and then Isaiah chapter 11, 1 through 5. But notice in verse 10, she gave the king 120 talents of gold. And I did get this right this time. So 120 talents of gold, just to give you an idea of how much that is in, our, in today's money. As of the 17th, gold was at $1,826 an ounce. So 120 talents of gold, uh, each, pound is, uh, each talent is about 75 pounds. It's about four and a half tons of gold. It's about $263,059,200 that this queen brought. That's how much it would be today. And so it was pretty expensive. It was a great expense that she brought. And it also showed her, her worship, not that she was coming to worship necessarily Solomon, but she was coming to sit at his feet and to learn. And she didn't come empty-handed. She, she was willing to give for that wisdom and, and to hear what he had to say. And certainly, no doubt, uh, maybe the Queen of Sheba, being down there in the southern part of Saudi Arabia, there's no doubt that she had some questions concerning trade and, and maybe even working out some deals with him because they would all, all those ships from, uh, from Hiram would have to come through right next to that little port or coming right into the Red Sea there and uh, they would have to um, do business. And so maybe she had some business to talk with him about too, but she didn't come empty-handed. It reminds me of Genesis 27. You recall this is when Jacob approached his father Isaac at a very great age. And Isaac blessed Jacob and said to him, and this is what he said to him, Let people serve you and all nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. And cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. But I can't help to think that this Verse 9 here is uh, somewhat of a partial fulfillment of this Old Testament passage, this blessing. 
Because remember, uh, Jacob hadn't even given birth to the 12 tribes yet. So Judah was still in Jacob's loins in a sense. And yet Isaac is giving him this blessing and saying, let all of the earth you know, bless you and bow down to you. And certainly he's speaking to Jacob, but also to Jacob's prod- progeny, his, his son Judah, especially, who would come, the, the, the kings of Israel, certainly David and certainly Jesus Christ, right? Ultimately in the millennial reign. Kings and queens from all over the world. It's, it tells us this. We're, we're going to get there here in, in, in the 10th chapter here. But let me just read to you what it says in verse 24 and 25. And all the earth sought Solomon. They sought to him to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices, horses, mules, a rate by year by year. And again, I, I think even further into history, even further of history to us today, because we know that as she was coming to basically not, not worship him in a sense, but she was bowing down to him and hearing him. And I think about those verses, and I think about how at the end, when Jesus Christ comes back in his physical second coming to the earth, and he sets up his millennial reign, it it captures it in Zechariah 14, beginning in verse 16. Let me read it to you. It says, it shall come to pass, and this... I often look at the book of Zechariah, especially the last 14 chapters. It, it's, very old, it's very New Testament sounding. In fact, there's more information in the, about the millennial reign of Christ in Zechariah than there is in the book of Revelation. <laughs> and there's even more in Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the Old Testament book, there's parts of that that sound very, it's still future to us yet. But notice what Zechariah says about this People coming from all nations. It says, and it shall come to pass, verse 16 of Zechariah 14, it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Yes, even in the millennial reign, they're still going to have feasts, sacrifices even, but they will do them in memorial, not because they need to, because... Jesus' blood was shed once on the cross for, the, for sins, right? We don't need to, the Jews don't need to sacrifice animals to atone for sin anymore, but they will continue in the millennial reign to do those sacrifices, but they will do them in memorial of, of that. And certainly Jesus will be the culmination of all of that. And it shall come to pass that everyone, I I think I read that, excuse me, verse 17, and it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. And if the family of Egypt will not come up and not enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague with which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And this shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. The pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bulls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. And everyone who sacrifices 
Notice, everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. In that day there shall no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Again, speaking of a time yet future to us in the millennial reign of Christ. And you know what, folks? I I think about how soon this could be. Let me just put it in perspective. The millennium. If the Lord were to rapture the church today, we don't know exactly the the time frame when the rapture occurs and when the seven-year tribulation begins. Some believe there could be a year or two or even five years before uh, the... Israel and the Antichrist, who will just be a European ruler who will make a treaty with them. But we know that once that happens, there'll be seven years. And so if, if the rapture were to occur today, you know, let's just figure 10 years after that. And then Jesus comes back at the end of that 10 years, you know, at, at the end of whatever this interval is, plus the seven year tribulation. He comes back and sets up his kingdom. Do you realize that if the church were raptured today, Ten years from now could be, could be the beginning. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it could be if we were raptured tonight, which we don't know. So I'm not setting any dates. But it would be really cool if it happened right now because then you wouldn't have to listen to me, right? <laughs> so let's go on here. So very interesting, very interesting. And the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, this place that was plentiful in gold, which again we believe is right on the other side, just to the west of the Queen of Sheba, or that area of Sheba. Today we would call it Yemen. And immediately to the west of that, right through that channel, is where they believe that Ophir, the land of Ophir, where all this gold was mined, very possible it came from that place. But notice, the king made steps of Almugwood, or Algum wood, uh, same thing, for the house of the Lord. And uh, he made stringed instruments and harps for the musicians. And, and it says, Now King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, beside what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. And so even though she had given him all this great wealth, Solomon would also be giving her things. I don't know what the proportion would be, But it really doesn't matter. Notice in verse 14 now. It says the weight, and this is very interesting, the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold. Now if you're a Bible prophecy student, that number should pique your curiosity because it's uh, one of the few times in the scripture that it's mentioned. The other time it's mentioned is in Revelation 13. In verses 11 through 18, specifically in verse 18, because we remember that this is really just, uh, uh, this number is pregnant with foreboding, as it also represents the number of the beast that is coming yet future to us after the rapture of the church from the earth. This man, the, the number of his name, there's going to be something about that, that, uh, that number that's going to be associated with a man Okay, so don't worry about this stuff that's going on about the digital currency. That all that is is a setup for ultimately what is going to come. All you really have to do, folks, is don't if you're if you're concerned about it at all, which I don't think you need to. I mean, I mean, I'm concerned about the one world economy because I can see it happening, and it's probably going to happen closer and sooner than we would like or think. But it's when they cause something to be in your hand or on your forehead. 
then just regardless of what it is, you just don't take it, right? And you don't make an allegiance to any man or any system or his government. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of First Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.